Nice. I just did. You just have a fly fly in front of your computer? Yeah, there's a fly in my room. Wow. And okay. It's gonna. It's really not gonna help our podcast very much. No, I was just a little bit uh, thrown aback by the fact that a fly just flew in front of the screen, and I was able to identify it. It's a chonker. I'll add. It's a. It's a fat boy. <laughs> it's a real fat and, chonker. Uh, uh, I'm surprised that you're surprised because it's in their name. Right. Right. Chonker flies. Chonker flies. <laughs> you're saying the house was in the fly. Well, the chonker fly, you know, is a type of it's a category of fly. They're enormous. And <laughs> yeah, they they make themselves evident. You can spot a chonker fly through a zoom camera. I'll tell you. Yeah. You can you can identify the type of fly if it's a chonker fly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the identifying factors. Comics Place presents a perfectly accessible podcast <laughs> out of Bellingham, Washington. It's not just a podcast. It's a way of life. That's right. Once a week, you get, well, once a week-ish, you get to t- tune in with these three rapscallions and keep up with it. I'm Jeff. Yo, 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 I'm Django, and I'm a rapscallion, and I'm here to say I'm Django. He's like a, a little rapper with onions on him. <laughs> just a little rapscallion. Oh, we got it. I was just repeating it. I like it. Just a little rapscallion. I was just being a little rapscallion. <laughs> I'm Roman, yo. <laughs> nice. That was really good. Um, this is in a more like a more aggressive tone than I thought four D seconds in we would have. But we're here <laughs> and we're owning it. So watch your ass. <laughs> and on that note, let's check in with my friend Will Elmer, our friend Will Elmer, who sent me this email, us this email a while ago. And it's been chilling in my inbox because you know Django and I were in California or we were in Pittsburgh or we're going to <laughs> Pittsburgh or something. something either way this is fresh fresh hello and happy Fine. episode 342 happy oh, groundhogs day everybody all oh, right um really nice of Sam to step in for me uh, a week or two back when I when I forgot and um uh you know I would say one, it's it's way harder to come up to questions than it than it seems, and I can totally understand. But then Sam came out with a total banger with uh, "What do you guys think about Groundhog's Day?" Which is an awesome movie, um, and and it's a great day. You know, it's one of those things that TV really fails to capture the true excitement of a large squirrel predicting the weather. Um, so that was fun, and now that it's Groundhog's Day, I can't ask any questions like that. So I'm going to just say, hey, my daughter's 13th birthday yesterday was the other day. Yikes, terrifying. Um, but I got her Battleship, and my kids have been playing it like crazy, um, and they love it. And it kind of just left me wondering, what's your guys' favorite board game? Mm-hmm. What do you like to play? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's going to be like Settlers of Catan or something like that, but surely you have a more interesting answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Well, has she read Day Tripper? <laughs> I mean, my favorite Christmas movie is what was Christmas Carol. <laughs> um, um, Will, Will, 
thank you for that, first and foremost. Secondarily, alternatively, and as my B point, I'm going to move to address the fact that clearly we know whether or not well-dressed Phillips saw his shadow since it's still fucking Groundhog's Day, according to this email. Um, Spoiler alert, he groundhogged it. He groundhogged. Well-dressed Philip, uh, well, he's well-dressed for a reason. Um, okay, favorite board game. Yes, mine is Catan. Um, alternatively, <laughs> secondarily, in an adjacent manner, I'm going to say the Yu-Gi-Oh card game, which is not a board game. <laughs> um, I just say a deck of cards. Oh, wait, does Cribbage count? It's got a board and shit. Okay, okay. <laughs> Cribbage. Cribbage. I've never played it. Uh, I'm going to teach you. Roman, you a board gamer? Yeah. Yeah, he's I like, still a fucking I, rapper. Yeah, I forgot about that character, and I love his loyalty. I like, I like playing dice, except with teeth. We're gonna get canceled. We're, I know <laughs> it didn't occur to me until that time that this wasn't acceptable, and I'm glad we both got there at the exact same moment. But again, yeah, no, he didn't no, prompt no. us by saying something like, "I play dice with my teeth." So, <laughs> ouch! I just um, hurt my knee. <laughs> that's your favorite game, hurting your knee. Yeah. Um, no, I really, I really like. I mean, I haven't played it now in years because of the pandemic. But I really like Betrayal and House on the Hill. Oh yeah. 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 Um, Django's also a real hive maniac. I'm a hiveman. Oh. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you're hives. if you're if you're casting out card games, I think most of the most of the board games I really like are card games. Well, then I'm um, putting I, Yu-Gi-Oh back in. Yeah, I enjoy my annual uh, Mega Mega Civ game. Civ's giving. It's always pretty fun. Mega Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, um, but I couldn't couldn't do that every day. I, I, like for a game that you can carry around and play, Hive wins for me. <sighs> you know. Yeah, I do. Yu-Gi-Oh gets points for being a pocket game as well. All right, well, listen. Let's quit. Let's let's quit boot hoofing. All right. Let's quit boot hoofing around. Let's quit boot hoofing. Exactly. And let's get into the the star of this week's episode of the Perfectly Acceptable Comic Books, the podcast comic books that we're going to talk about is who the star is the comic books themselves and (laughs) there are many books for this week to talk about there's also many from last week to talk about because we weren't here Django and I on Tuesday of last week were getting ready to embrace because we were had not yet seen each other Um, which is not relevant because this comes out on Monday and we're recording it on Sunday so (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know why I said that well today is today is sunday also it is groundhog day right 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 and well-dressed philip is having a real heyday he's rolling around no he's not he's not even wearing pants today that well-dressed fucker um okay okay but no seriously though some comic books Django, what do you think is a great top of the hour book Hmm? what's a great top of the hour book top of the hour to you yes Right. Um, I, I think we should talk about either Batman or Superman. Like those okay. are the two boys, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, you're right. We should talk about Batman um, because this is part two of Joker <laughs> Year One. This is Batman One Forty Three this week, and the first issue came out came out last week. Do you guys yeah. hear those explosions, or am I explosions? Do you smell toast, Django? I think somebody's setting off fireworks. Is that because it's Groundhog Day here? <laughs> this is a good bit. It's not a bit. I can hear explosions. I think my neighbors are just being turds. I don't, I don't Batman 142, which came out last week by Chip Zdarsky, Giuseppe yeah. Caracoli, Andrea Sorrentino, somebody named Nisi, Sanchez and Stewart. Yeah. So crazy, Django. Batman that's, or Joker year one. Yeah. That's appropriate. Because mm-hmm. the Joker's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Stefano Nisi. Uh, 
yeah so this i'm i'm we're two issues in and i'm getting a little bit lost in this already okay i think there are three or maybe four timelines happening this is tying in to um zero year a little bit right Mm -hmm. and the killing joke and some far future thing that i don't think we have context for right but also batman the night batman the night and yeah and like three jokers a little bit and three jokers yeah and the there was something in the beginning of Batman the Night that made it clear to all of us, I think, that it was out of continuity. Or was that just me being a turd about it? We had a discussion about whether or not it meant it was out of continuity. Okay. Um, yeah. And I don't think it was super clear. And I don't know if the question ever was supremely answered in that series. Okay. Well, clearly it's in continuity because one of those characters comes back. In here yeah. To teach the Joker how to be a bad guy against Bruce. Yeah, I think as far as like trying to tell a story that's new about potentially the Joker's origins and mm-hmm. to be touching that many different in continuity stories or out of continuity stories, but still touch that many is a pretty admirable exercise without talking about the story itself. Like it's it's a pretty yeah. admirable feat to be pulling this off and threading that many kind of disparate things about a character who is super well known and super well used, but doesn't have a definitive origin and, and kind of people are very happy with that. I think he shouldn't. Yeah. As yeah. On record is thinking he should never have a definitive origin. So in this one, the idea that he would have trained with somebody that helped train Batman, um, you know, does that fall under the origin category? Well, yeah. <clears throat> yeah okay trained under him but maybe only maybe trained under him right like this issue made me think that maybe he was just screwing with the guy and didn't need to be trained yes yeah. except the guy taught him taught taught little old jokey how to do his own uh personality backups like bat the Zeranar Zeranar. Zeranar. yeah um, right yeah that's true which, which that part i like i mean i'd rather joker doesn't have a definitive origin and maybe he still won't after this is over but Okay, does he does he teach him or does he just reveal that he has one? His name is Karim Zed. I guess right? I just interpreted it as like he is like Batman in that he found a mentor, learned through him, and then unlike Batman who would like leave, the Joker's natural way to then do that is to kill somebody or try to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess I just perceived it as he learned from him and then kind of outgrew him and disposed of him. But I, I can, there is merit in wanting to create the distinction because yeah, it is, I, I, I don't disagree with the idea of it, but it is a little bit of a, it's a unique idea to me mm-hmm. to have the Joker be being taught by anybody, whether it's related to, you know, Batman's past or not. The idea mm-hmm. that the Joker isn't this thing that's been formed by nature or his natural inclination or something is, that's that's a departure that I, I don't know I'll keep in my head canon. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I think I like it. I certainly don't hate it, which is what I was fully prepared to do. I think that Zadarsky is playing with very very subtle psychological things having to do with Batman and the Joker here and in the previous issues with Zuranar and and stuff like that. And I don't don't know that he's totally sticking the landing or maybe i'm just reading something in the wrong tone of voice here if that makes any sense no it does yeah i i I think i yeah i'm gonna need to evaluate the thing as a whole i will say also 
there is like some of the more creepy images of the Joker I've ever seen in here. There's like Sorrentino art is covering the future. Mm -hmm. And there's like two pages where he's coming up out of the water that is like genuinely very scary. And I don't know, like I had to stare at it to decide if it was like photo referencing or not. Like, is that yeah. a face that's like edited in there or is that a drawing? And I, I'm not a hundred percent sure either way. Yeah. Is it AI? Is it paint? Is it just Photoshop? Yeah. Super creepy picture. And that whole future bit with all the zombie, zombie jokerized people in Gotham City, I think has been really fun. Yeah. I mean, not and for Batman. Creepy. For, no, he's yeah. having a rough time, Django. Someone, he needs a hug. What do you, what do you think oh. of Bat Bruce's buddy having a car MZ? I, I think that we were with the, with the Zdarsky run up until this point, I felt like we were kind of treading on overusing the concept and, mm -hmm. and maybe some of the strength of the concept was the ambiguity of it. And mm -hmm. we've really kind of chiseled out an idea of what it is and where it came from and how it's used and then it can be used against Bruce. And then, and then to give it that to like another person and then to essentially, it, it, you know, was your read that he's kind of using that to create these three personas of the Joker? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, I to need then to read use... it again because I don't think so. Okay. Because like oh, that, really? I guess that was my read is like the zero and R technique is what Joker like you know learned, and then he, he's channeled these three different personas, which is what then gives the credence to the three Jokers thing. And I could I. If you look at the first page of the first issue of this, so Batman mm -hmm. 142, it's uh, page three is right after the Joker comes up out of the killing joke chemicals. Uh -huh. There are two other Jokers walking away from him. Yeah. So I don't think that those two other Jokers were created by his Zuranar meditations or whatever. I think maybe he already had them and he was just leading this guy on. Yeah. And I, I got to read the whole thing again because I, I, but there was something in this second issue before the Joker kills him that made me think that maybe he's, he's just been screwing with this guy for funsies and that, and maybe that learning from him, but not being totally, that totally makes sense. Or maybe he's was having those personalities as like kind of voices in his head and that, is a representation of them being there. And then maybe the Zerinar technique has allowed him to kind of like actually channel them or become them or something. But yeah, it's yeah at its core, the <laughs> idea that he's learning or maybe not learning from somebody is, is, is an interesting, but yeah, if he's not learning, then it doesn't kind of put him in the student role, which isn't right. necessarily a bad thing. Um, it's yeah. We're only two parts in. We'll get another chapter in two weeks. Week. Is it two is it weeks this, or is, is it, it this, this week? week? It was two weeks between this one and the last one. I don't oh, know okay. how much the gap is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's really good stuff. Um, I would give both issues a nine and I'm hoping that I can give the whole story a 10, but I need to see the ending because I, the Joker tickles me in a certain way. Yeah. And you don't want somebody to like force the Joker to be wearing different clothes while he's tickling you because That's... like you've grown accustomed to a certain thing. Yeah. Yeah. Roman, no do you idea. have any sage? Notice, notice, thick, derp, that, that. Oh man, tarragon. Um, sorry, my internet got so, weird for a second there, guys. Oh, okay, wow. I, I guess I'm liking all. I mean, I like it that Zarsky is building a building on um, Morrison's stuff, and I was afraid, like Jeff, that this was going to be Zuranar was being too overdone and everything. But now, after this, the only thing I don't like is the implication that um, 
what is this guy's name? Um, the guy that trained Bruce and is is that the either call in the guy the guy from Batman the Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I don't kind of like is the implication that since he's got Karim Zed or whatever, uh, that he must have taught Bruce that technique. And I always like the idea that Bruce just came up with that on his own. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or they both learned it from somebody else too. For sure. Uh, or, yeah. 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 Right. I don't have, I, I'm not, I don't personally have a problem with things like, you know, kind of saying, Oh, this is how that happened. Cause I don't have much of a problem just ignoring that as well. So this doesn't, yeah, it, it is treading on some kind of sacred ground, but you know, tread away, have some fun. It all comes out in the wash. I also yeah. give it a nine Django. Yeah, he's he's doing it well, treading on the sacred ground. So yeah, cool. It's fun to read. Um, yeah. yeah, same as Django. I, I give this a nine, and I hope it all ends up being ten cumulative, cumulatively. Yeah. Is your internet going weird too? Yeah. I think if we're all giving it a nine, two issues in, that's 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 better than I think we probably would have guessed two months ago. Yeah. I was ready to just hate it. Like yeah. I was fully expecting to think it was terrible, yeah. and I should know better because I like the creators, but. I do have one question. So the Jokerized virus that's spreading through Gotham, so that's in the future? Yeah. I think that's so, not yeah. happening at the same time that Metropolis has a bizarre virus spreading throughout it? Good segue, Roman. That is exactly what I've got queued up to talk about here, Roman. Well done. Yes, we've got Superman. This is the second <laughs> issue of Jason Aaron's run on a Superman action comic story. It's at issue 1062. Art by Bruce Timms. No, John Timms, <laughs> I believe. Uh, yeah, John Timms. This follows up an issue that we talked about quite a bit. Um, but in this one, Superman, like the whole, all of Metropolis has been taken over by this bizarro virus. And Sp Superman is like not sleeping and just racing all around trying to save people from destroying themselves because he was able to get out of the spell of that thing. Um, and the issue is pretty good. Did before we get any further, how did everyone feel about the Bizarro talk? I feel like I kind of got into a flow with it, but it never quite seemed like it was totally adhering to a strict rule. Yeah, like three pages in, I was like, well, I'm just going to have to trust that these people are backwards. Yeah. Half of this sentence is and half of it ain't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's so, pretty, in pretty inconsistent. Even with his powers, too, at one point, he, Bizarro uses heat vision. I was like, well, wait, he's supposed to be opposite. He's supposed to have like ice vision yeah but isn't it, it superman it's superman with uh like struggling against the bizarro virus. oh that's yeah, right it's, that's bizarro, not yeah. okay yeah i forgot it was superman i didn't yeah. like this issue as much as the previous issue well i i like the issue pretty well um i don't know if i like the first one more or less what i did love was the end of this issue and the final reveal, which I thought was fucking awesome. And I love mm -hmm. the idea if everyone has become infected by the Bizarro thing, um, they need help from somebody. So they go to Joker because him infected with Bizarro would be the most sane, intelligent person on the planet. Yeah. And that, that was awesome. That's an awesome idea. And I can't wait to <laughs> yeah. see Jason Aaron write that character in the next issue. But wouldn't yeah. he be the most sane, stupid person on the planet? I don't know. You know, it's yeah, so like the, the bizarro thing. language <laughs> in yeah. here. It's like, I don't know. Pick, cool. Pick a thing to reverse and stick with it. Yeah. But as, as with that Joker and reading this comic, you kind of just have to rules exist for a reason. I don't think I always yeah. would have said that. Um, but I think that especially like a bizarro character, they help. And this one doesn't really have it. So you've just sort of got to follow up. But I do feel like, yeah, I got to a point of not 
caring or something um or even noticing it too much by the end mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's gotta be a, it's a hard balancing act with writing a bizarro story because i remember years ago in the first run of uh superman batman or batman superman whatever it was called then um they had a bizarro storyline and i don't remember who wrote it but they stuck to the rules of bizarro speak and action so much that it was hard to figure out what bizarro was saying because i think it was jeff loeb issue I think it was 22 and 23 or so right when uh batman beyond first comes into the main canon maybe maybe i don't remember the batman beyond stuff but yeah i think it was the jeff loeb run and yeah, yeah. and yeah it was and it was impressive because they really stuck to the bizarro lessons of syntax and everything sentence structure but it made it, it even harder really hard to read <laughs> It's crazy how that's a character who, I guess, kind of like Solomon Grundy and, well, not <clears> as much longer, but like the demon, like they have these rules for speaking, but it's like everyone can kind of do them differently. Like, yeah. does the demon always rhyme? I don't know. Depends on which like comic book you're reading. Or like, he'll, he'll tell you two pages in yeah. why he is or isn't rhyming this week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got demoted. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Whoa, Django made a move at that fly. Roman, you missed it. it. He was really close to that fly. I, I, I heard the smack. Yeah, for those following along at home, uh, there is a chonker of a fly. It's been circling our co- dear compatriot Django, and we're not entirely convinced he's going to make it through the night. What'd you say? I was looking at my fly. Salt. <laughs> I'm going to put a leash on him. Does salt make flies not like it? No, that's slugs. Okay. Well, why is salt good for preserving meats and stopping the maggots? Because it stops the rot? Uh, this is not a Swamp I... Thing segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it melts, it melts slugs, but they're not really meat. They're gelatinous uh, Membranes. body things. <laughs> this, this is just going to seal it and dehydrate it so much that the maggots don't have anything to, to soak in? Okay. Oh, okay. Like dry it all up so there's no liquid to like grow. It's a comic podcast. It's a comic book podcast. We talk about comic books. And this week we got a real treat (laughs) from Titan Comics, I think. Did we want to give action comics scores? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You're just excited (laughs) about tatas. I am. I'm going to talk about that next comic using the most benign, ridiculous (laughs) words I can. Please. I give that, I give action comics, uh, what is it? It's 1062. I'm going to give that a 7.5. I'm going to give it a Just 7. As... I'm going to give it an 8.5. Yeah, I thought you might. Yeah. I really liked the Joker reveal, and a lot of it came down to that. And I was like, oh, I'm super pumped. I'm curious to see what happens with that. And would you change the Joker back? I know why Jeff gave it an 8, because an 8 backwards in Bizarro Speak is an 8. Yeah, it's the only rational number. to go. Maybe a 1. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, Jeff, you want to take us to the top floor here? Yeah, you guys. <laughs> so Penthouse Comics came back this week. <laughs> I don't know much about the original Penthouse Comics, but I'm saying this is copyright Behemoth Entertainment. Interesting. <laughs> and Behemoth was that company that did recently become Sumerian. And absorbed prob- by Titan also? Okay. Did you say it was from I, Titan? I said Titan because I thought that, but that is not... I'm not finding anything about Titan okay. in here. So I... I wonder who is making this. Yeah, it's hard to say. They're making it in Texas, though. I'll tell you that. Outside of God, um, because if you're not familiar with the publication Penthouse, and Mom, I don't know for sure if you are, but it is a magazine that was put out in the early days of humanity to provide enjoyment and blood flow for people of all ages and to stimulate ideas and conversation that wasn't always considered appropriate for the mainstream 
and have lots of boobies. Oh, we we prefer the term nursers. Tinkies. Tinky tinkies. tinkies. <laughs> <laughs> so right off the bat, you get into this and you think, okay, this is a comic book, but it's three comic books that are all stories. And after them, there is articles. And it is about interesting things like um, the most successful adult film franchises like Pirates, which we all remember buying the box set of Pirates on Blu-ray and then renting it out to the high school football team or an article about Caligula. (laughs) And then you get actual (laughs) in the back. There's like (laughs) there's like 10 pages of Tinkies. (laughs) There's like. Like honky donks and nippy noops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could slip both those right in the toaster. <laughs> yeah, like, wow. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if I'm supposed to have this. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. Okay, so. Re- yes, like, okay, so. Real, anyway, real so talk. we're adults. Let's yeah. be, let's be fucking. <laughs> Let's be. Ooh, ooh, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> does, it, does it have Sorry. letters to Pet House? No, oh, but this is the bad. first issue, so who would first have known issue, to send yeah. any? What do you yeah. think they're going to call the letters page? <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. It's probably letters to Penthouse. Okay, I think it would be Penthouse Forum, Jeffrey. Oh, okay. So this was this was a lot of fun. Um, I give it a ten. Um, oh. <laughs> no, uh, I actually haven't. <laughs> Shocker! I haven't read it yet. Um, oh, not even the articles. I mean, I read the articles. Uh, the art in the three stories are all pretty incredible. It's got that kind of like European Italian look to it. The first one particularly looks awesome with art by Videodrome. Oh wait, sorry, no. The first is Guillaume March, who I love. The second one, the yes. artist is Jeff with one F. Exactly. Who's the guy that did those two hardcovers I bought on my trip in Tucson? Oh Remember my I bought, god! I bought, like the, yes, the, the slightly porny Mad Max, super violent desert. Is car chase. this that same thing? It no, it doesn't look like the same thing at all. But it's it's the same artist, and I okay, I really like this guy's art. It's like I do too. Like one part Seth Fisher, one part Kev Walker, one and part Mobius. Mobius. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got a lot of, a lot of odd shapes and it sort of morphs and changes depending on the panels. And then you got some, you know, sexy spy mystery stuff, murder. You got a kind of westerny thing. You get a very handsome naked man laying down a buxom young woman. (laughs) And he (laughs) has powerful hip dimples. It's, it's a thing that men not like us have. Himples. <laughs> hip, hip, hip dimples. Hampers. And okay. Yeah. I also haven't read it just mm-hmm. because I ran out of time, not because I was... Yeah, what else were you doing? Just looking at the <laughs> articles. Um, just flipping through it, though, like, the art is amazing. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot, of, like, maybe as much kissing as nakeding, and that's interesting. It's erotic, and I associate Penthouse with porn. Penthouse was the one that had like below the hips pictures. Back below the, the pimples? Like, below the hippies? Below the, below the hippies. <laughs> like Playboy was pretty tasteful and you would see like people sneaking their underwear down a little bit. But Penthouse was like the dirtier one. Oh, wow. And I think it's interesting that this is less porny. I think even less porny than the old Penthouse comics, which I, I flipped through a handful that we had the other day to to just to see if there were any articles in it. And uh, so to have this one be a little more 
restrained in in the hoochie the, the hoochie crotches oh man i got pretty far into this review without saying hoochie crotches <laughs> <laughs> hoochie crotches was lurking around the corner for the last several minutes so like you know it was only a matter of time uh and then also with the with the photo spread the photo pages in here um, right it's it's not not below the waist like everything okay. below the waist is hidden so just just interesting pivots for uh a dirty magazine that used to be like the second dirtiest magazine uh after hustler so yeah i would prefer more hoochie crotches <laughs> oh man that one's gonna live forever and um but i think the fact that it exists is awesome because i think that especially like in comics there's like the there's a lot of people who are maybe like oh no we can't put sex anything in there we're gonna get in trouble for that and it's like no i think you can also you can just do like porn stuff like that's that's allowed and i think it's like the sneaking it into places where it seems like it shouldn't be and subverting expectation is is where it gets weird yeah and i think what we have here is a bunch of non-american creators right like you march and jeff they're not from the US and like today when you and I were looking at that big collection of old underground and and like Italian porn comics still in Italian um you know it's that's that's a whole extra class of comics that we don't really get to see in the US because yeah we we tend to go way 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 overboard and there ain't no kissing it's just pterodactyls it's just lipping fucking yeah like it's it's there's no there's no mystery it's just this is a butthole, and this is what a pterodactyl can do to it. <laughs> but if you were ever wondering what a butthole looks like and what a pterodactyl can and cannot do to it, we have the comics for you, and we also have Penthouse now. If you're into more tame stuff, I give it a ten. Uh, I, I give it a nine. I haven't read it at all, but I give it a nine. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. I'm glad <laughs> they brought it back. Yeah, uh, makes makes me want to read <clears throat> more of the old ones, which had like early serial storytelling by adam hughes and some other really big big sex mom so transformers number five came out this week this is written and drawn by daniel warren johnson not a lot new to say about it other than it is a 10 for me it was my favorite comic of the week i'm curious if you guys have any opinions about this lately well, it let me down because there's no hoochie crotches in it. Yes, but even Penthouse let us down in that department. Yeah. Oh, man. Look what I've done. Look what <laughs> oh. I've done. My dream mom. now is someday to to uh, publish my own magazine called <laughs> Hoochie Crotches. And up in the corner box logo, the left of the logo, it's going to have a little picture of an ecstatic Django. Just, just a little swoop of my erect hair. <laughs> yeah. Crotch is a bummer of a word because it, it really makes <laughs> you think about like an armpit or a crevice, you know, like crotch, like hair grows there. <laughs> it's, it's right where two things meet and it's never good. I hope Hoochie Crutch isn't more <clears throat> offensive than we think it is. I mean, My favorite terms for children is crotch monkeys. Hmm. Okay. Could have gone a lot of ways. I don't know if Andrew needs to beat that or not. <laughs> they make Devastator at the end of this one. That was what awesome. All comes down to. And that's <laughs> yeah, that was cool. what I'd get up in the morning hoping to see. Daniel Warren Johnson drawing Devastator. Um, can somebody tell me if RC <laughs> is an older transformer or is this uh windblade or like what, what rc is, is from the transformers movie okay yeah okay oh the, 1984 the animated movie okay yeah, yeah. cool yeah. um 
But then who is yeah, Windblade? Dude. Windblade's a newer, oh, newer okay. lady one. Who looks a lot like RC, right? She got more like, blades and stuff. RC, yeah, but like similar uh, color scheme. Yeah, and... yeah, I could see that. And they have like yeah, some like vents on the head that are probably both meant to look kind of like hair or something. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, I thought this was a great issue. Yeah, it's so I'm, good. I'm just glad every every issue that we get with Daniel Warren Johnson art. I'm pleased. Yeah, it's a goddamn gift, you guys. Yeah, I, I give this one a nine also. I mean, I love the fact before he becomes Devastator when he, uh, that big green, it's not a dump truck. I don't know what that thing is, what a kind of truck that is, but when it ram, rams into what's-his-name, the sound yeah. effect is heavy metal. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, right, this is the guy that wrote Murder Falcon. <laughs> yeah. He's murdering my Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff, you said a 10? Of course, yeah. I'm, I'm going with a 9. I, yeah. It felt a little bit like it was treading water to me. Yeah. Um, which doesn't make it any more or less enjoyable, but I, I give it a, I save my tens for something that moves the story forward a little bit more rather than moves you towards a devastator review, yeah. which yeah, fair enough. Um, for sure. I, w- I was surprised that like this one kind of mechanically <clears throat> did almost like what the whole series needed, which was establish a power source and then bring back all the Autobots and bring back the Decepticons and sort of establish a base yeah which then i was like okay cool so like daniel warren johnson this whole thing is basically him creating the platform for all the stories to come off you know out of it's not just like a mini series so so that was kind of cool and to have uh optimus just kill reflector oh just this is cool dead um and then also to have uh the the little cassette tapes be like kind of a uh, the butt of a joke i like that yeah, God, I love Transformers. Oh, it's so good. You're still really good at that, man. Has Has Reflector been around? I mean, I assume that's another old Transformer. Yeah, Reflector's an oldie. Yeah, I didn't remember him. Metal male. Yeah, good, good. Gosh darn, comic. Oh, cool. Yes. You, guys, you, you got you got a segue? No, 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 I don't. You guys reading Dear Editor? No. Oh, I think you should. I think anybody who likes crime stories, so. Like Ed Brubaker is probably one of our top creators in the store as far as people that people follow. Um, I think if you're reading Ed Brubaker books, you should probably check out Dear Editor. It's about a deer who's a newspaper guy. And see, that is brilliant. And I thought when this came out, you know, it was like Vault or whatever. And, you know, you got like bylines and blood. Sure. Yeah. Mad Cave or whatever. Like bylines of blood or like other vaguely deer sounding things we also get like editor books i don't know i didn't, i thought it was sort of like i don't know about publications or, or something but it's it is about a deer editor and it's called deer editor and you can read it as deer editor or deer editor and that is fucking incredible to me i don't think the deer is an editor i think we're reading the story of how the deer gets edited mm. what? well that's still really good wow. i don't know I exactly it, what yeah. that means but it's great yeah like i haven't read any of it but yeah i assumed it was an editor who was a deer it's got murder walls, like red strings and and pictures on the wall. Like it's real solid, and it takes some twists and turns, and uh, lots of brutality. Like by the end of the second issue, he's got a broken nose, which is a rule. Good, good stuff, and I would I would recommend it. It's a quick read, and I think both of you would like it, and I think anybody else who likes this genre would like it as well. And I I do want to be clear. I'm being wholly serious. I think Dear Editor is a hilarious name for what it, it is. is, and uh, it's yeah. That's that's good stuff. Um, Django, did you read the Infernals number one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, did well, you? 
Yeah, while Django and I were gallivanting, we went into a comic shop run by a friend of ours named Car D'Angelo. Friendly fella. Nice guy. Name Earth of the two store. Comics. Earth 2 Comics. And uh, while we were in there, you know, they're like the heart of Los Angeles, California stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, he was, you know... He was like, oh, yeah, Jeff Johns was just in here the other day. And like, oh, yeah, all these companies are just down the street. And while we were in there, this guy was in. He was very cute and nice. And we were talking to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've got a comic book coming out this coming week. And as he was telling me about who he was, I was like, oh, right. We ordered some of those. Yeah, like that image. Okay, cool. I, I, I know what this is. But he was just like, yeah, I'm like a screenplay guy. And I've been in on strike with all this writer stuff. And I've been, I don't know, my friend and I, he's really into comics. So he's been giving me comics. And we just decided to do a comic. And uh, he was like asking for recommendations for other comics. He was real sweet. And yeah, you got, you sold him a lot of comics for Car. I know, I know. Good. I know. You can't turn it off, Django. No. And uh, so I was excited to come home and read this comic book, which has pretty cool art. So it is written by Noah Gardner and Ryan Parrott. I think Ryan was the guy we met. No, we met Noah. Noah. Ryan is the guy that that wrote a handful of like Power Rangers books and some other stuff. Okay. Yeah. uh, Noah Noah was the person that we met in the store. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. And then art by John Pearson and Lola Bonato. And the art is pretty cool. It reminds me sort of of like Ben Templesmith and, um, you know, Jason Sean Alexander, like pretty dark or Martin Simmons, who did Department mm-hmm. of Truth, um, like that large real kind of Sinkevich to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, whatever the term for that art is. Sinkovichian. Yeah, kind of avant-garde. That's what they teach in school anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And this is the same artist that did uh, Mind... Mindset. Mindset from Vault, I believe. And I really yeah. liked that story as well. Um, this is this is an interesting book. It's uh, It follows the son of the devil, um, but not at the point where you normally get him, which is when he's like at his full power and he's, you know, going around managing evil businesses and stuff. This is him um, dying of cancer and trying to figure out his legacy and which, which of his shitty kids to leave things to, or maybe none of them is, (laughs) is what it kind of feels like he should do. Um, And yeah, not, not necessarily my favorite sort of uh, general plot, but, I thought it was engaging and and pulled me through and I'll read the next issue. So like that's that's better than I can say for a lot of books that try to do this. I usually bail about three pages in. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I like kind of devilly Satan-y stuff. And this is the right amount of like character drama and the right amount of like biblical Satan hanging out with giant glowing eyes surrounded by dead people. Stuff, and the so. gods and the angels look rad. Yeah, yep. Yep, that final page, final couple of pages is, is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I largely echo what you said, Django. I give this one, uh, I'm going to go an eight. I'm going to go seven and a half because nice. I'm apparently grumpy tonight. No. Um, hey, Roman, did you read Sinister Sons? And if so, well, actually, I know spoilers that you did and don't have it with you. But do you, what, I'm curious what you thought about it because that seems like a Roman, a Roman pitch to me. No, it totally does. And actually, no, I forgot to grab one. Oh. So I haven't read it yet. That'll be next week. Jeepers Christ, Roman. Jeepers Creepers. Spoilers, it's pretty cute. I did check it out. Uh, Peter Tomase, uh, David LaFuente on art, who I haven't seen in a while. First saw him on Ultimate Spider-Man after uh, Bagley left. But it's cute, cartoony. Those two kids 
you know, I didn't know him before, but you got little kid Zod, or Zod's kid and Sinestro's kid, and they're entitled and precocious, and that's that's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I gave it uh, an 8, but I mostly meant for Roman to be talking about that. Boys, do you have anything, do you have anything else to clean up? Um, Any other good things? I really liked Blue Book, uh, Blue Book 1947, number one. Gohan. Gohan. That's a a Pokemon joke. He's not in this. Um, (laughs) But he would be an unidentified thingy, um, except except to those of us that know. Uh, This is a follow-up to the previous Blue Book series. Um, And, you know, it's just cool because it starts... This first issue, it's starting about it's starting to talk about the um, oh nineteen forty seven sighting of the UFOs at, near Route, Mount Rainier that kind of started off the whole big big U- UFO craze. In fact, it was from this that the term unidentified flying flying object was uh, or flying saucer was that phrase was uh, came from this case. And you know, it's just cool because it's like X Files type stuff, and we don't get any real X-Files shows anymore, so. Is it oming on art as well? Sorry if you said that. Um, oh, yeah, it is. Tinian, writing, oming, art again. I really liked that first miniseries. I didn't always read the backups, so I'm curious if they're still doing that and how that art looks, but I me- yeah, I grabbed one of these and meant to read it. Yeah, there is a backup in this, which, uh, I, I don't know. It was, it was all right, I guess. It had nothing at all. I don't know why it was here. It had nothing at all to do with the first story, but the main story. I'd give it. Uh, I'd, I'd. I'd. I think I'd give it an eight. Oh. I just really like this this UFO Mount Rainier stuff. Great stuff, Roman. I'm excited to read it. I'm glad that it's still still good. Um, yeah, and like different years for miniseries makes sense from a publication standpoint. Yeah, Django. Anything else you uh, you read that you enjoyed from the last couple of weeks? You might want to you know tell us all about. I mean, I think everybody should be reading the Ministry of Compliance if you can yes. really really dry political stuff with aliens that you never look at as aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm enjoying it, but I, I can't exactly tell you why it's compelling. Um, I think the only other one that I really, really glommed onto this week was our bones dust. Number three. Um, have either of you been reading our bones dust? No, it's from image. It's Ben Stenbeck with Dave Stewart and Russ Wooten on uh, colors and letters. And it's just uh, like, this super cool post-apocalyptic thing with these aliens sort of studying the humans. The art is awesome. The violence is violent. Like this, this is the issue where we finally get people getting killed with rocks to the head and stuff. It's like a super post-apocalyptic. Everybody speaks weird because they've, I guess, concentrated all of their brain power on not talking, but on killing and being cannibals. So it's like cannibals versus aliens versus one little lucky kid who lives on his own. Um, I never know where this story is going to go in here. It's three issues in, and uh, I think it's it's one of the more inventive comics that's coming out right now. So It does look awesome. Uh, I would be interested to read that. It also looks kind of like a quick read. Yeah, it's a super it's... quick read. What, what, Roman? Oh, I was just wondering that brief glimpse of the art. There's a little, like, art looks a little like Richard Corbin, Corbin-ish. Maybe. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of Corbin if Corbin um, took out all the soft edges um, and and a little bit like it's more detailed than he usually was, too. Um, cool. Yeah, it's it's super cool. And the fight scenes are really well choreographed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I think I think I'm going to be able to put this on my list with like head lopper um, for what like this is less of a kid's thing. But if they if they release this in a similar way to 
head lopper as short trade paperbacks that are unconnected. I think that would that would be something I could sell. Cool. So nine nice. for our bones dust number three. Hell yeah! I, my brain has been thinking it's our bones are dust. Well, that's good to know. Ooh, yeah, but it is our bones dust. Yeah, I think it might be our bones are dust, but spoken in the way of these future cannibals. Ooh, I uh, like it. You know what I mean? I do. If you can smell what I'm selling. Hey, if you want to sell something, you can do it and use us as a platform to do it. You can send us an email or a recorded audio message to jeff at thecomicsplace.com and we will read it online. And if you, on the podcast, if you choose to use that as a platform to sell something, I can't stop you from doing that. Let us um, know, though, if you're going to sell it, start it with the greeting, salutations, hoochie crotches so yes. that we know just so we can set the stage yeah we're also trying to see which of our episodes have the deepest market uh permeation so that mm-hmm. way it's sort of like we know it was the hoochie crotch episode that did it yeah um yes next week Django and i are going to comics pro which means we're going to be in pittsburgh i don't know what that means means oh does that mean we might not have another episode it means <laughs> that we will have a very spotty month of podcasting while Welcome we to uh, the bi-weekly comic globally presents. globally traverse however after that never leaving town again we're never leaving town <laughs> again like Django and i are both around for indefinitely the foreseeable future so oh, you know yeah, but there is emerald city the following weekend yeah but that's you know you drive down for that right you can sleep in your own bed if you want um yeah so look for us. I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll be something. If you listened to the Data Bros last week, I hope that you dug that. Thanks for doing that. That's been a fun thing. Django, do you want to shout out about the Data Bros? Yeah, the Data Bros is me and Jeff and our good buddy Brian Garside talking about the ins and outs and all arounds of comics, the comic book industry, and comic book data. It's it's fun in a way that it scratches an itch that we're not allowed to scratch around anybody else except each other because it's yeah. so boring to other people. So hopefully we're um, cute enough that you can enjoy it with your ears anyway. I hope that I hope that we can talk about Penthouse Comics for some reason on that podcast and <laughs> in turn relive Django's big coochie crotch. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. This was episode 342. We'll see you next time for 343. And if you are bored, you're going to come hang out with Django and I in Pittsburgh and Ashton. So that's going to be a blast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody there. Yeah, see you all there and hanging out with us, customers, everybody. Like, you're all invited. We're we all got invited. Hotel rooms. So, uh, yeah, just bring buddy betting. All right, see you next time. Hey, Jeff. Yeah. Do you think we could go back and like overdub it because i want it to be gucci roches Ooh, gucci <laughs> roch i like that that's grosser at least that sounds grosser to me <laughs>